0: Blog TALK RADIO Blog TALK RADIO
1: Good morning. Welcome to Morning Moments with Maya. Conversations of love and laughter. The show where each week, your host, healthcare administrator and certified humour professional, Maya Aziz, Invite someone who is out there pushing the positive to join her for a heartfelt and often hilarious coffee conversation about love, laughter, leadership and, well, life. Love and laughter might not cure what ails you, but they sure go a long way to getting you through those tough life moments. So sit back, pour yourself a cup and get ready to laugh and learn today on Morning Moments. Look for the good. It is all around. Yes, it is, and today the good is certainly right here in the studio. This is Maya coming to you on this kind of a rainy spring day. I, for one, am hoping, as they say, that these April showers bring lots and lots of May flowers. Today's conversation is about two forces that play kind of a prominent role in my own life. At the same time, often, stress and laughter. Yeah, I think they are equal influences for me. Sometimes one seems to lead to the other, and sometimes they seem to kind of balance each other out. But what can I say? Life, uh, adult life certainly is stressful. And I am pretty sure it's not just me. Somehow, in our fast-paced, modern, Western world with unreasonable, self-imposed expectations, riding the roller coaster of stress seems to be inevitable. Mark Twain wrote, Humanity has unquestionably one really effective weapon, laughter. Power, money, persuasion, supplication, persecution, these can lift at a colossal humbug, push it a little, weaken it a little, century by century, but only laughter can blow it to rags and atoms at a blast. Against the assault of laughter, nothing can stand. From personal experience, I've got to agree. In those worst of times, I've said it before many times on this show, laughter can be magic. But how does it do this? How does it soothe the tension and anxiety of stressful situations? Well, I am so thrilled to have just the perfect guest to help us understand. Sylvie Dagenet-Duville is a published author, public speaker, and the founder and owner of the Laughing Institute, trained by Dr. Madan Kataria, and with a background in gerontology and visual arts, Sylvie is a professional laughter yoga leader who has been promoting laughter as a proven method to cope with stress and anxiety and to live a healthier and more positive lifestyle. Sylvie, who is based in my own beautiful city of Montreal, has been invited to present laughter yoga at conferences and workshop sessions all over Canada in both of our official languages. And she offers workshops and laughter yoga sessions to workplaces, retirement homes, as well as to cancer survivors, their families, and caregivers. Most recently, Sylvie has published a children's book on the topic, my premier livre de yoga du rire showing that the benefits of laughter can be life-changing for people of all ages sylvie welcome to
0: the show thank you maya thank you a pleasure to be with you i'm so- sharing this passion <laughs> yes yes and some
1: laughter hopefully yes of course <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here, and and you know, I I wasn't I wasn't kidding when I said you know I feel like these two things that we're going to talk about today, stress and laughter, are such big daily aspects of my own life, and and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I mean, I think that we all, um, maybe increasingly so, uh, find ourselves uh, in moments of stress, and certainly for myself. Um, I have discovered, uh, increasingly so as well, the the powerful effects of laughter. But I'm I'm interested to hear a little bit about your own story and uh, how you became involved initially in this world of laughter yoga professionally.
0: Well this is uh, actually it's you know we say that nothing happens for everything happens for a reason basically, and uh, it was through my uh, my kids actually my uh, son had to do um, a research project for school and uh, looking with him through different types of projects we could be working on, because you, know, you have to think of a teenage boy that mostly was, uh, wanted to do something on cars, and so we kept <laughs> looking at magazines and tried to get some ideas, and we both really always enjoyed laughing together, so then we came across an article on Dr. Kateria, and that was my first time actually reading on his story and on the benefits of laughter and so that became his project, but uh, many years later, he's been done with this project in high school, and um, mom is still working on this amazing project, <laughs> so, it's, so it's funny how it developed from, from his work to mine, and um, and it's still, there's, there's uh, many years I can see, because it has over time become uh, more than a passion, I would say like a, a, a life uh, mission, so this is, there's, as as you've mentioned, there's room for laughter. We uh, often do say that our lives are very stressful. And I think that you're not the only one in that. And uh, <laughs> but it's good for you for, you know, making room for laughter because fewer and fewer people are making room for it. So now that, you know, once you understand the whole principle and how, that's probably why you're using it. Because <laughs> it's not a natural always, is it, when you're stressed to think of laughing? No, and in fact,
1: those are the times um, I think it's very easy to, to just forget to laugh. Um, we can get so caught up in whatever it is that we happen to be worried about or anxious, and, and it becomes a bit of a negative Viral. uh, If we don't do something to stop it,
0: it is. And um, uh, actually, I was. uh, It just. I came to the full realization of something a couple weeks ago, when uh, to realize that I think we are waiting for everything to be perfect so we can have time to laugh. And it really needs to be the uh, other way around. To realize that laughter is our tool to make it through all these obstacles. And um, I was uh, presenting to a group of uh, young adults in gerontology, basically. And, and um, one, one man, you know, you know, they're in their late 20s, so I'll call him a man. So he actually said that uh, he wanted to share something with the group. And was not, I was not too sure where this was going. And he uh, basically said, uh, laughter saved my life. And uh, I still have goosebumps because I still think of that moment where he was, you know, felt that he had to share this with the group and then pursued to tell us that uh, he was in Haiti in 2010 for the, uh, well, the earthquake, and uh, which I didn't know as soon as the uh, local radio was up and going, they had speakers, speakerphones outside, people would gather in the evening and would fall asleep through laughter. And would, and he basically said that this was done for months and months, and this was the one thing that he, he referred to that kept him alive through all this. That he would fall asleep laughing, uh, in you know despair, of what everything was going around and what was around them basically, and was able to uh, to bring laughter to that level. So to me, that just Made me even more realize even more how that laughing is in the face of adversity is never uh, minimizing what you're going through. It's not a lack of respect if you're laughing. You're just this is a tool that we are all given that that uh, inner pharmacy that we refer to, and um, but we need to not be shy about using it.
1: I love that term inner pharmacy. It's
0: very true. It's sort of this <laughs> uh
1: this medication that we have within us. And what a what an amazing story. I mean, I also got goosebumps when I heard that. Um yeah. and what an example about how at a moment where I mean, my goodness, I can't I can't imagine anything more serious than that whole period of time which uh actually they're still going through. Um Exactly. I, I, you're right that I think We often think, oh, this is not a time to laugh. This is is serious. It would be disrespectful or it would show that we don't understand if we laughed. But that's, you know, it sounds like you're saying that's a bit of a misconception,
0: It is, and I think it's all uh, how we present this, too, because as you've mentioned, I do work with cancer patients and, again, um, could be seen as, you know, lacking uh, compassion, but it's quite the opposite. And but it 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 does we need to address it in that direction. We need to make people aware that uh, uh, even though it doesn't seem it's not a natural thing to do in moments of despair, but it is the best thing to do.
1: You know, it's funny how sometimes I think that it the people who are not in that really, really difficult situation, whether it is someone who's um, dealing with cancer or, you know, who has Mm -hmm. lost everything in an earthquake, it's it's sometimes the outsider who has a harder time with this idea of laughter. We feel very uncomfortable and, um, you know, oh, is this the right thing to do? Whereas the actual person themselves is, you know, perhaps relieved to be able to have an opportunity to laugh.
0: So true. Actually, not long ago, I heard someone said, you know, we usually end up laughing When there's something that happens And it takes a while that you have to process it And then you end up laughing about it And this person saying, "Well, Why don't we just go and laugh about it right away Instead of <laughs> waiting for the whole process <laughs> If this is something You'll laugh about it one day Just do it then
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny I like that
0: No point waiting <laughs> Well exactly,
1: exactly. You're going to get there eventually And you'll feel better <laughs> Tell me, how does this work? I mean, why does this help us? Why does laughter, you know, make us feel better in those really difficult situations?
0: well um for many reasons i just I was just thinking that um i didn't really address the uh, the, the fact that we are judging you know when we're saying that uh, someone is't in, in uh, going through a tough time and it might seem insensible to laugh that's when we're we're judging we're just i I always refer to you know left side of our brain or right side of our brain, so as we are um, we have that critical mind of ours, that and that's that's normal and that's quite okay. But that's uh, that's why we do that, and that's uh, um, the best way to address it is to be conscious that this is our first reaction is to judge, and um, and then afterwards, once we understand, it's almost like you need to address that side of our brain to understand and go through the process. Once we know something is good for us. Uh, it's easier to, to go into it or to, to stick to it also. And um, I found myself that what I needed to better understand was the whole process of stress so that I can use laughter as a stress buster. And I think that the better uh, understand, uh, the better uh, comprehension that we have of, um, of stress, the better we can not completely deprogrammed, but we have a tool to um, to go against it. And uh, I want to make sure also that um, we realize that stress is not all bad, because you know it, it doesn't have a good name, does it? No. But, uh, <laughs> um, and I often refer to Sonia Lupien. I don't know if you know of Sonia Lupien. She does research here in Montreal on um, on stress. And uh, this is one thing that she's quite um, firm about it. That you know, stress has a bad reputation, but without stress, uh, we wouldn't get up at all in the morning. We wouldn't do anything, and uh, we would not have survived as a species if we if we didn't have that instinct of uh, of stress. So she's always um, some some ways protecting how stress is not all bad, but we need to be able to control her stress instead of the other way around. So then laughter is one way, and in my book it's the best way, but it is one way to to make sure that we have this life tool that we can bring on and we can help ourselves to go through stressful moments.
1: I mean, I think you make a really good point that, that stress is not all bad and that it is a, a motivator. Um, <laughs> as you were talking, I thought, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I need to stress my son out a bit more sometimes <laughs> to get, and, and get out of bed. But anyways, that's another conversation.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> but but at the same time, you know, you say very well that we just need to be able to deal with it so that we don't have the negative um effects of stress. And maybe before we get into how laughter can alleviate that, can you explain a little bit for listeners who perhaps don't understand, um, you know, the mechanisms of stress, can you explain a little bit how that works and how it can affect us negatively?
0: Well, I think that uh, we, most of us are quite familiar with the fight or flight term, but if you take the time to really get to the base of this, and that's why I was saying this is what has allowed us to survive, is that when we are faced with the enemy, but we react and our body physically engages in bringing this stress hormone for us to, to really move away from that danger or to stay and fight that danger. So unfortunately, we still react the same way we did in uh, pre pre prehistorical years. And, of course, the stress is not necessarily the same. We're not fighting. uh, Sonia Lupin always refers to the mammoth. So we're not fighting the mammoth (laughs) every day, but we're fighting traffic. (laughs) So um, it is, as I said, the same reaction, but we need to realize that our stress has changed and the amount of stress has changed too. Because as she refers to, when you're, um, you're fighting for your food, um, you're fighting to move away from your danger, eventually they had at that time, they had a respite. There was a break between the next stress coming up. And they had a time to recuperate, which we seldom have now, unless you purposely decide that you're going to take time or make time to recuperate from the stress that you're under and i think that's the that's the main um if i understand right that's the main distinction she makes is that that's when it becomes chronic stress where um running away from the bear or the mammoth. There's different, different animals that they refer to. Uh, we could, and then you'd have that peaceful moment where you would have food and you're away and you're safe in a safe environment. And, uh, but uh, if you think of all the different stress that we might have through our jobs, to our performance, and um, all of this very seldom have breaks in it. That's that so true. That's
1: so true. And I've never, I hadn't really thought of it that way. That you know, because I, I do
0: feel like our society
1: is, you know, more stressed than ever. And I had never thought about the fact that it's perhaps because it's sort of the sustained, ongoing stress, unless, as you say, we consciously and intentionally give ourselves respite or or breaks from that. Um, and I, and I think laughter is is one of those ways. What happens to us if we don't give ourselves those breaks? What happens if we're in the stress constantly? I mean, what, what are the potential pitfalls of that?
0: Well, I think that's when it starts affecting our whole system. You know, it might be mental illness or physical because it, um, it eats away at your uh, immune system. So this is the first, our first uh, soldier, the first line of the stance is the immune system. So if we, uh, we get um, very stressed out but chronically stressed, that's one of the first things to, uh, to be under fire is our immune system. And we know that with a poor immune system, then everything goes down. And, uh, and I think we each have our point that we realize, I mean, we know we're under stress, but we all have a different level of stress that we're able to, um, to manage, and I think that uh, most of us realize or we should be able to realize. I, always, I like to think of in, um, the, the same as uh, circulation lights where we have your, your green, you're functioning with your stress, and then your yellow, you're starting. Like you know when you get in that zone that maybe you're a little more snappy <laughs> and we just get into that yellow zone. And before you get into that red zone, that's when you, you want to make sure that you put in your, uh, your tools. And um, for me, it has been laughter, and, and that's what I, I, I still promote that it's still the best one. Um, and when you start looking at other tools, because it's laughter yoga, it's laughter, but there's also yoga, there's meditation. And uh, it's interesting to see that most of them are bringing us back to our breathing, and, and, and that's something I wish that when we, as children, we, teach our, we would be taught or we would teach our kids that this is your main tool is breathing properly, getting a good night's sleep, and eating properly. So these are your survival. And uh, through laughter, I always, that's how I like to present laughter. Laughter is a breathing exercise. It's the best exhaling exercise. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: You know. You know what's interesting. Uh, you know what you say is absolutely true. And you're and especially I, I picked up on that idea that wouldn't it be nice if we taught this from day one to our kids, um, mm-hmm. which we don't always do. And you know, you your analogy of the the lights and kind of knowing when you're not doing so well managing your stress. If I think about myself for a long, long time. I would just ignore it. The light would turn yellow and, well, I would just ignore it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. stop to sort of check myself or think about why I was more cranky or anything like that. And it was, it's really, you know, not been all that long uh, that I've been a bit more aware that, you know, the little sign and the little yellow, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the slow down and stop part, not the rush exactly. through and crash part. Um, exactly. But it's something that's it's- learned.
0: It is, and I think the first time I heard about breathing properly was in uh, prenatal classes, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and and then from then on, you realize as you're raising kids, this is your best tool.
1: It's it's really true, and and in stressful moments, I know for myself, I I literally find myself forgetting to breathe. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my oh, breath yeah. goes really, you know, and I'm like and everything's tense and I'm not, I'm not getting air and I can consciously sort of say, Oh yeah, uh, breathe <laughs> literally. Yes. breathe. Um, yes, I
0: know I, I often, I'll realize that's when my shoulders are creeping mm-hmm. up. Like, so the shoulders are up and then of course we're not breathing properly when the shoulders are high. So it's just a, a quick reminder to, you know, the nice deep breath and bring them down again, but uh, it can so easily and so quickly happen. Um, I was uh, facilitating um, uh, a workshop on mandalas. So that's another form of meditation. And quickly realized that they're all enjoying it, but no one's breathing because they're so <laughs> tense about it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you you learn a new skill and you're holding your breath, and then, you know, you forget to breathe. And also, depending on what kind of work you do, if you have someone that's working in a very, like something that needs a, a, a high concentration, then you're, if, unless you're aware of it, you're not breathing properly. So I think that most of us benefit from a quick reminder of how to breathe. And how does
1: laughter? What's the connection then? You mentioned laughter is the best way to breathe, or is a really good way to breathe. How
0: how does that work? Can you explain that a bit more? Well, um, well, first in uh, going in that same stress is, uh, is when we've got our stress system engaged. This is our sympathetic system, basically, that's reacting. And as soon as we engage in a proper breathing, we're moving towards our parasympathetic system that's telling our whole body that we're not under danger anymore. And through laughter, um, a bonus is that when we laugh and exhale, we're also getting rid of the, uh, dioxide, the, the carbon dioxide in our, that, that sits in our lungs. If we're not um, aware of our breath, we only use, I think it's 25% of our lungs, like we're not using our lungs properly. So through laughter, not only are we getting more oxygen in, but we're also moving out the old stale air from our lungs. So it's a win-win.
1: You know, it makes, it makes complete sense <laughs> when you describe it like that. And, I mean, it's, it's basic science. I, it's interesting that people kind of brush it off as, oh, it's just laughter. I mean, people will embrace meditation. They're going to embrace, you know, traditional yoga it's yes. for some it's harder to grasp that this idea of laughing as stress management is based in science
0: why is that
1: um
0: well because we uh, we're always looking for for research and for statistics and uh and for for that reason, uh, there is lots of research that are being done on, on the benefit of laughter, but it, it seems to me that everyone would like to have this done in their own backyard. So we're repeating some of the research sometimes that has been done or we don't know that was done somewhere else. And uh, I have decided that as I do this regularly with different groups, that there's so many benefits that... Maybe the research is not there yet, but you see in the field as you're doing this. So why wait? We're just Why don't we just get on board and do our laughter exercises? And I have also embraced a lot of the regular, well, I'll call it regular, probably the only, you know, when you think of um, traditional yoga, uh, because I came through yoga through the laughter uh, doors. Most people, it's the other way around. They come into traditional yoga or atha or any of the other ones and then discover laughter and for that reason i uh, some of my exercises i do are sticking close to the laughter the, the regular or um, uh, Atha yoga or basic traditional yoga and I figured there's a reason we, we call it laughter yoga. The yoga part is the breathing part, and it needs to be recognized in there too. And may as well go with the traditional um, yoga that has, at this point, a little more research. So we can, because it is still the same uh, breathing exercise, we're just getting that extra with the endorphin as we laugh. So why not use the, uh, the, the research done on yoga also?
1: Mm -hmm. And I would add that with laughter yoga, it's also incredibly fun.
0: (laughs) Well, it is. And it's fun. It's contagious. It's, um, oh, it just, it breaks isolation. I work with seniors, too. And, uh, I mean, just to bring them together, I've often actually, I remember this group and uh, in a residence and one of the ladies said, you know, this woman here, she lives next door to me for the last five years or so. We've never shared a word and now we've been laughing for a whole hour (laughs) together. And it's just how we're old friends, but it does bring people together And, and then there's no age for that either. I, mean, just, I love uh,
1: that. And it is so that's and that's a way that it's different from other forms of yoga, that there's this real sort of social connection aspect to it, as opposed exactly, to just being quiet, yeah. quiet off in the corner on your mat, um, which adds a whole other element, I think, to the experience.
0: It does. It does. And uh, and we know that, I mean, just the sound of it is, is contagious. Um, and just- the sound of it makes us feel good i i think when you hear someone laughing it's just you know it just changes your mood right away even if you're not part of it you may as well just um it it is uh it is very contagious and uh, beneficial also
1: uh, it's really true, I mean you know I've, I've sometimes found myself repeatedly watching you know silly little videos of kids laughing or people laughing just because it makes me laugh for no other oh. reason
0: it is well, contagious it, yeah I like
1: people to see people happy and laughing
0: it is amazing um actually again uh, another that was uh i think it was this week, actually I had one lady that uh it was a senior's residence and when she was leaving. She said, I just love looking at um, seniors laughing. Of course, she's a senior also. And mm. she said, I just sat and, I, I, you know, as I was laughing, I was looking at the the, the the ladies in front of me. And then she turned to me and she said, I know I'm a senior also, but, you know, I don't feel like one. So to me, mm. I'm still watching seniors laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, great. That's great. so we both agreed that we will never see ourselves old if we decide not to And uh, that inside we are either, you know, 15, 16, 20 And it's just a shell that changes But basically this uh, this lady, and she was well over 80 She was enjoying watching seniors laughing <laughs> um. <laughs> Sounds
1: wonderful, I love it <laughs> Sylvia, I'm interested yeah. to hear a little bit about, because you, you've done laughter work with um, people dealing with cancer. Mm-hmm. And and I find that interesting, um, you know, when we talk about stress, certainly that is incredibly stressful. It is also for many, um, you know, a stress that unfortunately doesn't resolve or go away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's You know, for some, you know, it does not necessarily resolve in, in getting better. So I'm interested what what does laughter bring to these people that you're working with? How does that um, help them in this phase of their lives
0: well in um, well physically it does it, it's just to get there that's the that's the the, the biggest step and um, I often when I present this, I do address everything that we the left side of our brain needs to understand because this is the one thing that will bring you back to still use laughter even if it feels odd at that time. You can then refer to your knowledge that you know this is good for you. And so that's to one level. But also, I I know that we've recognized that uh, a simulated laugh will bring the same amount of endorphin as a spontaneous laugh. But I also address the fact that it's okay to just smile through the, the first sessions because you're still, it's, um, it's still producing endorphins, a, a small amount. But still, if laughing, even if it's simulated laugh, is too much for you, I just walk them slowly through the process. And smiling is one good step in the right direction. And so that's for themselves and also i and I've had some great testimonial for that too is that uh allowing the family to still laugh because too often if someone is you know diagnosed with with cancer or uh other chronic illness the the laughter stops and um I, and one of the best testimonials was uh a friend of mine that uh, i coached through laughter, and um, that's, that was the, the testimony of his family saying that you allowed us to still laugh with Dad as he was going through this. So that's, uh, that's for, for those reasons. I mean, those are the things that keeps me going, and because I can see it in their eyes that it does make a difference. And some days, I mean, I, as you can well imagine, some days it just feels like this is too much to do, but most of the time they are able to get there. That's pretty
1: powerful stuff when you describe the impact that it can have on the family um, as they're going through this. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I can't kind of...
0: remember in one of the reading on stress, if it was stress or in cancer, that um, as the, the the person being diagnosed with cancer, uh, they're close. Family or spouse is also developing those stress hormones because mm-hmm. of that diagnosis. And um, I've heard more than once that when someone gets cancer, the whole family gets it, and because it's 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 part of your reality. And uh, and often that's what stress is all about is the change of reality. So once you somehow find a way to adapt to your new reality that becomes your new reality and the transition has been made but while you're transitioning from everything was healthy and and now you're this is the, that's where the the resilience needs to take place and that's where laughter can support your resilience in there. That Mm -hmm. sounds too serious we're supposed to laugh though
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you know what's interesting about this topic is that yes, we're talking about laughter and we're laughing while we're doing it, but it is serious, and the the impact of it is um, is both important and serious and powerful, um, as is. much as it I, is fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, and 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 I often say that is that I take my laughter very seriously.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I mean you've convinced me, you've convinced me that this is um, you know, something that we should all be pursuing and trying to incorporate more in our lives. Let's say there's a listener out there who's listening and thinks, Wow, I wish, you know, I wish I could laugh more. I just I just don't laugh. I, I I'm too stressed, I'm too serious. What would you say to them? How can someone begin to laugh more?
0: Um, I actually I tie both. Well, not I. Dr. you always talk about the the joy element. So if you're playing, you're singing, you're dancing, you're laughing. So these are all tied in. And um, and in the workshop, I bring music. And uh, if the energy is not there to dance, you can still wiggle on your chair and still have a, a good time through you know music. because music brings a different emotion, same as laughter. Like it brings. Um, the the emotion within because you have connections to that music you have a, a reaction to that instrument or um, so I often would say that you know if you start just putting your happy music on in the morning and start doing that with with a smile on your face so we're not, I don't want to push anyone too far out of their comfort zone and because uh, I feel that if we go gradually into this, there's a better chance we'll stick to it. So if you start, think of these elements and how you can bring more play, uh, more uh, music, more dance, and then laughter is almost like a, um, a second to this. It's a, it's a side effect of playing. Laughter is a side effect of dancing, having fun. And so if you bring these elements slowly back into your life, you will get to that part.
1: Hey, I, and I know that you're right because I, you know, I think about times when I, we've been dancing, you know, you're at a, whether it's a wedding reception or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and automatically the joy in that experience and the social connection and the music and the dancing Always ends up with laughter, also being a part of it, and just well, the general yeah. sense of well-being.
0: Well, it gets us out of our head and into our body. So, yes. <laughs> and that's where you know where we we um, uh, we get anxious if we're too too much in our head because that's something else too. Now we're learning the difference between anxiety and stress, and it's just different levels. And it used to be something that was not even that's not a language we would address. To, to um, mention children, but children are falling into this now. So too often, we in the same sentence we have anxiety in children, and we have anxiety in seniors. And if you think that, um, to let's say, technology that we are all becoming more isolated, and there's less play, and uh, and again, as stress, I always I say, like I have my. Uh, a love-hate relationship with technology. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and I think that, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be present, but if we have a way of managing it so the children are still playing, then we're not losing the laughter. And I think that all of this is, If we don't, if we don't pay attention, it's slowly isolating all of us. And once we're isolated, then we're not playing together. We're not laughing together. So I think it's all tied in. So we have to, to be a little more aware of this.
1: Yes, and, and lots of good advice in what you're saying, both in terms of finding these opportunities to play and getting away from technology, um, but this idea of getting out of our heads um, and mm-hmm. sort of back into our, our bodies and our breathing, which, which also, I think, sort of brings us back to just being in
0: the present a little bit. Well, it does. It does. And that's, uh, that's the magic of laughter. We can't laugh in the past or in the, or in the future. We have to <laughs> laugh in, in the present. So. <laughs> and it is, of course, it's a more dynamic uh, kind of meditation because laughter is a form of meditation. And, uh, but I think that uh, we hear more and more the, the benefit of being in the moment. And laughter is an amazing way of bringing us back into the moment. It sure is. <laughs> Unfortunately,
1: Sylvie, we're we're slowly running out of time. But I I'm wondering, uh, you know, what's coming up next for you? I know you've just uh, released this wonderful book, uh, trying to introduce a little bit more of these concepts for children and those who care for them. What's
0: coming up next? Well, the next big thing, because I I mean, it seems I. When you love what you do, everything is exciting. So you know, I I, I work with different clientele, so this brings a uh, uh, different workshops and and uh, but the big thing is um, in June the first uh, global laughter yoga conference taking place in Frankfurt, and I will have the opportunity of presenting there in uh, in June. So this is exciting, and uh, I will get to uh, to chat about. Stress, laughter, and cancer, basically. And uh, I'm looking forward to hear more and learn more, too, because Dr. Kateria will be there presenting on um, emotion uh, or emotion intelligence. And that's what, through laughter, and that's what we're looking at, how we can develop uh, um, a more prevalent um, emotional intelligence and so i'm I'm looking forward to to be part of it. I'm looking forward to learn more about it and uh, so that's the the next big big step in June. And in the meantime, well the book is um, also a whole different different um, clientele as far as now bringing laughter to to the kids, and they will bring laughter to their parents, to their grandparents, so it's kind of uh, And that's where the book is taking me right now. So that's fun. That's all very
1: exciting. Very exciting. And I'm interested to hear what you learn at this conference, uh, emotional intelligence, one of my other favorite topics. Um, And to to be with people um, who are using and experiencing and studying laughter in different countries is going to be really interesting as well. If well, someone yes. wants to um, purchase your book or to learn more about your work, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Well, the book is available at Chapters, uh and Renaud-Bray and on Amazon also. And it uh in March was coming in going into uh France, Switzerland and Belgium. Not and well. um Hoping that uh, you know it's in French now, but uh, there's a possibility of going into other language. English being one that I would, I would love to see it in English, and uh, who knows, maybe Spanish also, and uh, and see where. Call it the the small book with the big mission, and uh, <laughs> this is something that's international. And so these, these uh, books, uh, bookstores offer, the, uh, the that's where the, the book is available. And through some book fair, we just finished, there's actually Quebec City this weekend. And um, I think then it's, it, goes to, it goes to the fall. And, uh, but it's also, the books are a great way to get into uh, the school system with more conference on laughter and the, the benefits of laughter. And Mm -hmm. I do have a laughter club monthly in uh, Saint-Hubert on the South Shore. And our next meeting is Wednesday, April 19. We meet once a month on the Wednesday. And uh, this actually would be on my website. If you go to the Laughing Institute, Les Studerie, you would be able to see when the the next uh, laughter club is um, next time we're meeting. And also with Croix, that's with Maisonneuve Rosemont for those that are in um, Montreal or the area of Montreal, that's where uh, we, we have laughter for cancer patients.
1: Super. I'm going to make sure that uh, your website is included in the notes for the show so people will be able to uh, connect with you and learn more um, about all of this work and get in touch with you as they would like to. Sylvie, I just can't thank you enough. Um, It's been such a pleasure spending this time with you and you certainly sparked me to want to get out of my head and back into my, my breath and my laughter a bit more.
0: Well, that sounds great. It was a pleasure, and uh, maybe I can report when I get back from Frankfurt. I would love Reporting. that. I would love that. <laughs> Listen, I wish
1: you well both in, uh,
0: with your book and uh, at this conference,
1: and you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you,
0: Maya. A pleasure. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. That
1: was Sylvie Dagenet-Douville. Remember, if ever you miss an episode of Morning Moments, we are available as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, or you can stream us directly from our website, www.withloveandlaughter.ca. Until next time, why don't we let Mark Twain have the last word? Laughter, which cannot be suppressed, is catching. Sooner or later, it washes away our defenses and undermines our dignity, and we join in it, ashamed of our weakness and embittered against the cause of its exposure. But no matter, we have to join in. There is no help for it. This is Maya, and I am out.
2: day morning, I still got my day job, but I feel so free.